Hello, and welcome to Illumination Bureau, where we hope to enlighten you with all of the hidden stuff that you don't know about careers and creative. This is Catherine Lang Klein and Kristen Harris, and we will be your hosts. We are the co-creators of Portfolio Creative, a company that connects creative people in the marketing and advertising space. We've been doing this since 2005, and we've learned a lot of things that we want to share with you. We have so much to tell you, so let's get started. Hey, Kristen. Yes. I know this goes way back, but do you remember how we started our business? Of course. Two ladies and laptops in my living room. That is correct. And I think like a fax machine and... Yes, a fax machine. Some, some Blackberries <laughs> and not to date ourselves too much, but um, essentially we cobbled together the things that we had and found a space and the, luckily it was your living room and um, that's how Portfolio Creative started. Yeah. And I, I think it's interesting to talk to people in those very early stages of starting their business just, mm-hmm. just because, you know. We've been doing this for a long time now, but um, having conversations with people about they're they're in a spot where they have to kind of do two things. Mm -hmm. They're trying to just make it through that first year and think about what their bigger picture of their business is going to be down the road. Exactly. Um, You know, we have the opportunity to talk to a lot of people who are starting a business and they're really in that infancy. And um, I had that opportunity yesterday talking to a group. And one of the first questions I asked is, you know, what, you know, is the vision of your business right now. And in many cases, it was just survival. (laughs) And I think that is an absolute fair statement. You know, I I think if you think any bigger than that, that first year, then you're probably fooling yourself. Like I see this as a worldwide blah. It's like, you know, unless you've actually mapped this out, you're, you just want to survive that first year. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You're just trying to get your first clients or sales or Mm -hmm, whatever. mm -hmm. And hopefully get to a point where like you have some income and maybe you can pay yourself like yes. that is that is winning it's in a, the first year it's a huge step to you know leave a you know good paying job to start something on your own and it does start out with you essentially creating a job for yourself and you don't see it necessarily as an entire company but um, we're here to tell you that you know that we kind of early on took that step and said how is this going to look you know in the long run um, beyond survival. I think that our survival phase lasted about six months because we kind of determined, you know, if we can't pay ourselves in six months, we got to get a job because mm-hmm. we'll be out of money. Yep. Um, and I think I always tell people that's a good goal to kind of set as your first company goal <laughs> is to pay yourself. And, you know, in that first year, plot that out, you know, how much will I have to make before I can make some sort of income? And re- even if it's, you know, obviously less than what you made, or if it's just a hundred bucks, you know, plot that out. You know, when can I start? Because if it's not making money, then it is it a company? You know? Yeah, exactly. Or, or is it a, even a job? How <laughs> how long can it not make money? Right. Like, what's your runway? And also, if you know what your runway is, then you you also don't have to worry about it until yes. you're getting close. Yes. Like instead of constantly worrying, you're just like, nope, I've still got some room. Yep. I'm not there yet. Because we fine. We just came in and kept doing our job. You know, every day, and then when we hit that mark, we're like. Oh, can we write ourselves a check? I think we can. Like it's, oh my God. It's working. (laughs) It's working. So that is the first vision of a business is, you know, survival. Yeah. But I think, and this is probably what you were alluding to with, you know, some of the new business owners you were talking to is a lot of times people just are stuck there. Yes. Like they're not thinking about anything beyond that. Right. And the sooner you can get to that beyond that is, is key. And, um, because essentially, you know, you have to ask, have I just created a job for myself? And if that's fine, that's fine. Um, but I would encourage you to say, how does 
it look as a company? What do you have to do to make this look like a company and not just here's my name and I do this? You know, like if I decided to start a company, well, I had a like a company by myself where I was a freelancer and it was, you know, Catherine Lane Klein, freelancer, you know, but honestly, I could have said, you know, I was the president of my company, but I didn't, you know, I just said, but it was a job. It was like a job that I made for myself. I didn't necessarily see it as a company. So, and um, it's okay. Like, oh, that is okay. Like maybe that is your vision for yourself. Mm-hmm. I want it to just be me, and I have my clients, and that's it. Whatever the vision is is fine. Yes, but you need to know what that is because you could get just headed down the wrong path. Like either way, if that's really what you wanted, then all of a sudden you're like hired all these people and you have an office. You're like, oh my gosh, I didn't want any of this. I just wanted to do graphic design for clients. And now I'm like in meetings all day. Yes. Or if you want that bigger company to and be like the president running it, but you're still five years from now just being the person doing all the graphic design mm-hmm. work for your clients. Like either way, you didn't end up where you wanted to be because right. you didn't think about where you wanted to be. Right, right. I And I'm going to um, strongly encourage people to think of it as a company. I think... Even if you have one employee, which even is if yourself. It's you, it, was, it was a company when it was just you and me, Kristen. Yeah. And, you know, we talked in team terms and things like that, which also, you know, that... And, and, and the reason I'm, we're offering this as advice is because, you know, people um, like to know that you have some substance, I think, and it's not just you, even if it is just you, don't give them, you know, that impression, um, because, like, they'll think, well, if this person gets sick, then who's going to finish my job? You know, mm-hmm. you don't want them to think like that, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, so if they know that you're thinking big picture, they feel more comfortable, more at ease with um, working with you. Otherwise, you know, you're just a contractor which again is fine too but um even contractors have companies so <laughs> that's right. one way to say too but um either way either way you try you start to go i also tell people you know what is your purpose what makes you special those are the questions i always ask because um there are you know you can you know go to anywhere online and see you know I'm, i need a house painter i need a plumber i need a graphic designer i need you know somebody to do web design and there are hundreds of names they could choose from so what makes you stand out you know really figure yeah. out what that is yeah and this you know down the road will evolve into like the mission of your company mm-hmm, maybe the mm-hmm. vision the values all these words that people throw around a lot but all those mean is like what makes you special and different right. Why, why and why you start the business? Yeah, why do you do what you do? Mm-hmm. Why does it matter that mm-hmm. you're there? Like, what would people miss if you weren't there anymore? Exactly, exactly. And why should they use you? You know, um, this is your opportunity to think about um, if you were to meet with somebody face to face and they are using a company already. Um, why would they choose you instead? You know, what makes you different? And you know, if you get that on your business card or on a website or something like that, you don't have to keep repeating it. People will see that first thing. That starts becoming your purpose. Um, and people might choose you over somebody else because there is some sort of similarity, some sort of cause, some sort of, you know, thing that you are doing that is going, you know, some sort of process you're using that makes your company different. Um, really think about that to get that leg up on other people. And that's just a formula for success. Which is a, a lovely segue to thinking about who your ideal clients are. Absolutely. Like who will all of that stuff you just said, who mm-hmm. will that resonate with? Exactly. Who are you? going after and maybe that's not who you're working with right now that's okay Mm -hmm. but who do you really want to be working with and who would believe in what you believe in believe in that purpose you're putting out there and be willing to pay you 
for it. Right. You know, it right. might take a while till you get to that ideal client. You might have to build up reputation and stuff, but you should know who you're going after. Mm-hmm. And just to um, simplify that a little bit, think about who, like, for example, Walmart targets as a customer versus like a Saks Fifth Avenue. Both are, you know, awesome companies um, as far as, you know, what they're trying to deliver to people and who their target market is. You know, people who are shopping at Walmart are going to want something that's, you know, maybe more cost effective, things that they can buy in bulk, for example. Somebody who's shopping at Saks wants that one special thing. Um, so how, how do you fall in that spectrum of what you're offering different companies to? Who is that ideal target? And make mm-hmm. sure that that is who you're targeting. You know, is it something that's, you know, fun and flashy? Is it something that's really sophisticated? Is it something... Um, that is, you know, something every man or woman is going to have some sort of appeal for. Um, but really think about that in how you're representing your company. Yeah. And, you know, again, like, no, every client you have won't be your ideal. Exactly. And, and especially in the beginning, but maybe always. Like there'll be some peop- some clients you work with just because it's a good fit for your business, mm-hmm. but they aren't, you know, quote unquote ideal for whatever reason. But if you know who that ideal customer is, you can gear everything to them yes and then other people may find you and if Mm -hmm. it's a fit that's great you're happy to work together but you're targeting the ideal exactly exactly and that's you know what your company voice is always going is towards that or when you introduce yourself you're always talking about that so yes Mm -hmm. all of that um another thing that we like to encourage people to do is you know um when you and i sat down and we had you know this idea for a company it it was um well, who, who should all be working here, you know? And we literally wrote out job descriptions for every role that we thought we would need in the future and kind of divvied up those jobs. Yeah. <laughs> Put our name in every box. Exactly. One of us was in every box. In our org chart, yes. Yeah, so we were, you mm-hmm. know, you want to do that? Okay, then I'll do that and you do this. And, you know, basically divided and conquered mm-hmm. every single task. So um, while I chose a sales and marketing, you know, client handling sort of, um, I guess, boxes you you chose the ones that were like the interviewing the talent and you know handling the payrolls and things like that but we knew ultimately we would want somebody to handle payroll and some of that paperwork stuff some Mm -hmm. of the invoicing and all of that we knew we wanted to have somebody help out with marketing and stuff like that so we wrote out all those job descriptions yeah and and figuring out what all those roles are that need to be done even if your name is in every box for now at least you know like you did all our bookkeeping and Mm -hmm. I did all our payroll and you know like there were all these other things that had to be done and and that's fine but one thing I sometimes see people do and this I mean maybe this is in any kind of industry like when you are the doer you're a graphic designer Mm -hmm. or you're an attorney or you're a dentist or whatever you're the person doing the work mm-hmm. like the craft is you but like sometimes they don't send out invoices for right months and oh my god that you makes know, me crazy <laughs> like there's nobody doing the bookkeeping and yes because that's not fun or they're not good at it, or they're not interested or nobody's which, getting more customers which is or getting more clients which is like you can't do all your work and not get paid like there are important mm-hmm. functions in your business that have to happen and you have to figure out who's going to do it and maybe you have a friend who's really good at that who mm-hmm. can help you or whatever but you at least need to map out that it needs to be done yeah you write down all right somebody is really gonna have to send out invoices because i am really bad at it right. or somebody is gonna really have to do sales because i'm really bad at it but i'm really great at what i do so look at it in that you know mm-hmm. sort of perspective and you if might you outsource some of that exactly at the beginning or you know we'll talk about you know hiring your first client or your first um 
employee. But uh, essentially, yeah, you have to figure out what am I best at? What am I going to keep doing? You know, if you're the best person to actually sell, maybe start getting more doers, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, that's sort of the mindset we want you to kind of get into when we're talking about writing out these job descriptions and they all be you at first. But ultimately, you're going to want to hand off other things that could be other people's strengths and your weaknesses for sure. Yes, there's so many things that happen in a business that don't have anything to do with like the thing you sell, the work mm-hmm, that you mm-hmm, sell. Mm-hmm. I always think that E-Myth book is such a good one to read yes, around that's that. that's one of my favorites mm-hmm. for that. Yeah, so th- yeah, this is a great exercise. Like make yourself an org chart, even if your name's in every box. Exactly. Your goal is to is to move yourself out of boxes over time. Yeah, and... Um, and figure out which of them you need to end up in. Like at some point, which one are you supposed to be in? And how do you move yourself yes. out of all the others? Yes, yes. And that's really the only way you're going to grow, too, is if you find um, ways to duplicate yourself. You know, that was one of the things that we learned early on when we had an advisory board of how to do things like, well, you know, Catherine, if you keep doing all the sales and marketing, you know, how you can't, you're the one. You can only only have so much much. time in the day, (laughs) you know, so you need another one of you. And that was a great lesson for us, too. So it's like, let me. All right. So then where's that job description? We need to hire this person and then start looking at what rates are for people mm-hmm. and things like that. You don't want somebody that's new to the you know, sales or do you want like a pro? I mean, that's probably a whole different conversation. But um, again, I had to decide to give up one of my squares <laughs> in order to grow the business mm-hmm. <laughs> and not do it all myself. But again, you know, if that's what you want to do and just be like, you know, I just want to be self a little self-contained unit, then that's that's fine, too. Mm-hmm. But but someone still does have to do all those. So if those are yes. all you, oh, that's yeah, fine. But Send out invoices. But yeah, don't forget <laughs> it needs to be done. Exactly. And that's, um, what I was always good at setting out invoices when I worked by myself, but the sales part was always a little tricky because I was so busy working on a job. Then the job was over. And then I'm like, oh, well, now I got to start making calls. And everybody knows that sales is a process and mm-hmm. takes time. So I might be sitting around for two months and because there was nobody doing the the sales for the next mm-hmm. project for myself so lesson learned and that's why I'm <laughs> I'm sharing that with you don't do that don't do what I did <laughs> don't do what I did um one other thing that uh, people have a struggle with too is and this again is normal we do the same thing I remember our first set of business cards I think we put founder of um, portfolio creative all true Actually, I think we put the functions we were in. Oh, I think you put worse, client Kristen. service and oh, I put you're recruiting. Right. You're right. And at some point, someone said to us, like, no, you actually are like the founder of the company. <laughs> you're the owner. You should say so. Yeah. Somebody had said to me, I remember specifically, it's like, well, are you like the president or, you know, what or the COO? What is it that you really are or the mm-hmm. owner? I mean, why doesn't it say that on here? Because mm-hmm. it looks like you're working for somebody else. Right. Um, yeah. Own it. It's basically what we're saying. Um, And that is so much when you introduce yourself. That's where I think we see it a lot is, um, you know, people will introduce themselves as the thing they do Mm -hmm. or the thing their company does. And they they actually have like 10 people that work for them, Mm -hmm. but they still say like, I'm a whatever. I'm a hairstylist. Mm -hmm. But actually they own and manage a salon with 10 hairstylists in it. But they still say, I'm a hairstylist. Right. No, you're the owner of this salon. Mm -hmm. And just think about that difference of when you're introducing yourself to somebody like, you know, like you want to, or even if you want to get a meeting with somebody, do they want to meet with, you know, the business services person or do they want to meet with the president? Do they want to, um, 
you know, meet with somebody who does, you know, the accounting or they want to meet with the COO, you know, mm-hmm. so it, there's a lot about that. And it's, it's sometimes a big pill to swallow because you've never been, a, or at least for me, I'll, maybe I'll just talk mm-hmm. about my experiences. Um, it was a big pill for me to swallow because I have never been a president of anything, mm-hmm. you know, and to basically say that, oh, I'm now declaring myself president of a company. It's like, but that's what I'm doing. You know, why don't I own that? And, you know, once, um, I accepted that (laughs) it became so much easier to talk about Mm -hmm. and I was able to I was granted a lot more conversations because I could talk president to president with somebody versus you know basically salesperson to you know somebody who's higher up that I want to talk to yeah and I think you know sometimes I think people I mean every once while you see this but I think people are fearful of like you know sort of title inflation or whatever Mm -hmm. it's like ooh, does it sound like I think I'm you know too too big for my britches (laughs) or whatever but I see it a lot more the other way. It is, it is much more likely people are under selling them or under representing themselves yeah. as rather than over representing themselves. Yeah. And it's, it's a bit of a challenge too, um, because you are, you know, it's a bit of vulnerability, I guess, in yeah. a way too, that you have to try to get past, you know, like, am I, like you said, with the overselling, it's like, you know, am I really a president? Are they going to see mm-hmm. through this? Is it imposter syndrome? Is it, right. you know, whatever, but, um, it'll definitely benefit you if you just fit into those shoes and accept it. And um, even if you are still doing all the work, you know, you are the president or CEO or Mm -hmm. CEO or whatever, um, whatever higher up role it is, you know, don't Mm -hmm. short sell yourself on that. Um, That also makes it more of a company too, versus a job that you've created for yourself. Mm -hmm. So we embrace that fairly early on and, um, I, I like I said it, it worked for us so that's all I can tell you mm-hmm. <laughs> that's our experience <laughs> so uh, the next area we we're also thinking about is I mean we talked about the ideal client but also beyond like the types of customers you serve but like where like what is your bigger picture vision of you know the geography I guess that mm-hmm. you'll serve are you a local business are you regional are you you know, national, international, on on the internet, anyone can, you know, work with you, shop with you, whatever, from anywhere. Like, what what territory are you going to serve? And even if, like, today you're only local in your city mm-hmm. or your town, what are you trying to build? Right. If you want to be local, that's great. You'll just, like, get really deep and really own that area. And you'll, you hopefully, will have a lot of the market share in your area. But if you're ultimate vision is you're going to have a location in every state Mm -hmm. you have to like put some foundation in place you don't have to open a location every state in your first year or anything Mm -hmm. like that but you have to like start to put processes and the building blocks in place like that foundation to build on eventually yeah and that goes back to you know um writing the job descriptions write how you envision it Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you, do you need, um, an actual footprint there? Do you, what, are, what's the real estate prices there? What's the talent there? Um, how much would I have to pay somebody? How much would I have to invest? So you don't get any surprises along the way and, you know, just kind of s- set it aside, put it on a vision board, you know, this someday we will be, you know, in Nashville someday we will be mm-hmm. in, you know, Denver, um, or, you know, it could just be in the state, but, you know, plot that out a little bit you know otherwise it's always going to be that thing that you will always get to like the the honeydew list if you Mm -hmm. will and you know it will will just never get done unless you are actually starting to see it and kind of work on it just a little at a time um 
but really plot out you know who is that how can i serve people if what i'm doing here can i will that help somebody in another city will that help somebody here and um it starts growing exponentially just based on how many more people you can serve yeah and i think this may or may not be true but i think it is i think if you don't purposefully plan to be beyond being local you will be local Mm -hmm. and that's and that's fine absolutely like you may be very happy with being local and being very well known and having a great reputation as the local whatever but if you want to not be local you have to be purposeful about it because Mm -hmm. otherwise you'll just end up being local because that's who you know and they'll be your network and they'll be your connections and and so on and neither are fun but you you have to be more purposeful if you want to go beyond that oh absolutely absolutely and again just creating images plotting it out that's how it starts you know taking shape you know people have asked us how we've grown so much a lot of it is a lot of thinking yeah <laughs> and I think really how closely would we do that like really closely tied to like where do you want to serve is also where you're going to work and I think mm-hmm. this conversation has changed a lot in the last two years oh my gosh yes like when we started we started in my living room mm-hmm. and after maybe a year and a half or something we got our first office which was very exciting but I think always in that era your goal was always to like get an office, mm-hmm. get a bigger office. We got our our big grown up office. You know, like you were always thinking like having an office, moving up to a nicer, bigger, whatever office. Now that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. Like mm-hmm. there are a lot of companies that are purposefully remote companies. They're never going to have an office. Maybe they had one that got rid of it, right. or they just are never going to have one. Right. Like you don't have to move up quote unquote to an office or a bigger office or whatever to be a reliable you know reputable company and I think before you you almost did it Mm -hmm. made you real it was like where you were even located was a big deal you know like are you on this particular street versus this city or versus this whatever so yeah that has all changed yeah and it's a little different if you're talking something physical like Mm -hmm. a store or a restaurant or something like that but if you're talking like a service type business Mm -hmm. or a you know, professional services or something like that. It doesn't, you can have an office and that may be your vision, but you don't necessarily have to, where I think before you almost had to, to be legitimate at some point. Yes, absolutely. And all of that has changed. So just really kind of figure out, you know, do I need, do I just need a web presence? You know, can Mm -hmm. I just sell my stuff online or do I need an actual store? Do I need a kiosk? Um, you right. know, can I have everybody be remote? And I could just grow that way versus having to, you know, kind of strap yourself to a big lease because mm-hmm. potentially you're going to be hiring a bunch of people. So, yeah, all of that has really changed. But again, really think a lot of that through. And um, and all the plus and minuses of that. Like, I mean, I know we're right now still in a, you know, COVID situation where a lot of people aren't going into the offices that they do have. Mm-hmm. But down the road, you know, what is going to work well for your company? I think. I think there's also this other side of like, everyone can be remote. You can have anyone work from wherever, which is like technically true, (laughs) but logistically and HR oriented, really complicated. Mm -hmm. Like if you're a small business of 10 people, you don't want one person in California and one in Massachusetts and one in Michigan and three in Ohio and one, you know, wherever. That is really complicated. So. You can do that, but you have to think about purposefully how you're going to really make that work. So I guess don't don't assume you have don't to have assume, an office, right. but also don't assume, oh, yeah, I'll just be like remote and I'll have people anywhere. You may be able to, but you do have to figure out how to make that work. Right. It's still complex. Right. It's not just 
simple. <laughs> yeah, think about how it's all going to function and mm-hmm. if it makes sense. And how do will you, you really connect need to be together? Yeah. And how will you connect like across different time zones? You know, all of those. Um, you have different considerations Mm -hmm. like you still have considerations like you did when you had an office they're just different ones right and while we're talking about that you know that makes me think too um we we kind of in a way kind of jumped ahead in our thinking because that's kind of where we are right now yeah um but just kind of going back to like the job titles and stuff like that you know it you are going to be making decisions that are you know at a higher level, at that executive level sort of thing. And I'm going to caution people to do that when they're ready. You know, you might need to get your feet wet a little bit in just business ownership for a while. But ultimately, that's where you want to always be thinking. And if you're still kind of hung up on the fact that I'm a graphic designer and that's, and yes, all right, so I've changed my job title and now I'm president of my graphic design company, but I'm still not thinking about growth and about expanding my team or getting help or anything like that. You know, um, creating some vision again on how you look as that president is probably worth a little bit of time too. Um, because I, you know, had to think about that as well. Cause I just saw myself just a regular person, just a regular art, artsy person. And, um, if you had told me, you know, like 20 years ago, well, yeah, you're going to run a, a company. It's going to have like all these employees and it's going to be serving all these companies. And a lot of them are, might be Fortune 500. I'd be like, you know, BS. That's just <laughs> not going to happen because that is not me. So um, really envisioning what, like in my, again, my position of what the president of Portfolio Creative would look like. Uh, took a little time too, you know, a little bit of an evolutionary process. I, I think I started basically what I thought um, people were expecting or what I should look like or what I should be saying and doing and things like that. Um, but that has now kind of sifted down to, you know, no, this is how I think the president of Port- Portfolio Creative should look, should act, where she should be, you know, those sort of things. And and I think until you can get to that mindset too, um, it, this ends up being a little bit of a struggle. You can't grow a company effectively if you are constantly thinking like a graphic designer for example mm-hmm. and it's like well I just need more clients it's more than that you know it really is a lot more than that and it's it, whatever it takes to kind of get you there for me I kind of used you know a little bit of vision boarding as far as you know and this is super simplifying if this is not an, exactly what I've done but cause this is a while ago is you know what sort of shoes would the president wear mm-hmm. or what sort of car would that person drive or what sort of you know, um, look, would they have, you know, uh, you know, how would, um, who would they basically hang around with? You know, what's, how would they give back to the community? What, com- um, what organizations would that president be involved with? And that all started forming into something that was not that graphic designer anymore. I, can I still do graphic design? Yes, I do that, you know, on occasion. Um, but it's really more focusing on how to get the company to the next level based on how the new me should be or the, Um, evolved me should be. I think you touched on something super important though. Also, you can get really caught up in what everyone else thinks you should be. Yes. So I, I, what I see people do a lot, and I think I did this and I'm, I think you did too, is swinging so far Mm -hmm. over to what, what you think everyone else thinks you ought to be and do. Right. And then you have to sort of swing back to like, what is genuine and authentic for mm-hmm. you and fits your role in the company. Exactly. Like there's usually almost like two extreme. Yes. And then you can 
settle back to who you who you really are because in some cases you're trying so hard to be what you think you know that person should look like or where they should go or mm-hmm. whatever that it feels like you're wearing a costume. Yes. And so I think, That's you know, exactly it. and I see a lot of people do that. Mm-hmm. Like, well, now I have to wear heels and a suit because I'm the president. Right. And then they swing back to like, you know what? I hate heels and they hurt my feet. I'm going to wear mm-hmm. a dress and some flats. And this is my look. And I'm still the president. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and it's, it's still very tasteful and fun. And, it, you know, th- but this is how I want to represent mm-hmm. my company. I mean, yeah, that is, is really, really key. It can be almost like... Um, I think sometimes also depending on who you're around, you're attending events and stuff, it can start to feel a little bit like an arms race Mm -hmm. of like, well, everybody else is wearing a Rolex. I guess I better get a Rolex if I'm going to be the president of the company. It's like, you know what? Do you? You don't. (laughs) If you would like a Rolex and can afford it, go for it. I don't care. But you don't have to wear a Rolex to be the president of your company. Like, don't get caught up in what everyone else, quote unquote, all, you know, the Joneses are doing exactly <laughs> like it doesn't matter what they're doing or wearing as long as you are representing your company appropriately yes for your company yes speaking of the Rolex though that's a great example because um, this is one thing that I talked about yesterday too is you know you might have goals for yourself but don't um, miss the little things too because you know obviously a, a Rolex is a big goal but what I remember some of the things that I wanted you know like at the very beginning and you know, someone was like like just a great writing pen <laughs> You know, and it was super simple. It's like, if I could have a great writing pen, I could sign things and it would be so cool. Like, I'm going to treat myself to I'm going to treat myself to something. Or we were talking earlier about great um, coffee makers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm going to treat myself to a really great coffee maker because I want to start my day feeling really special. Yeah. And, you know, as the president of this company, I deserve it. I work hard, you know, so you can treat yourself along the way. Maybe, you know, it's I'm going to treat myself to a massage every other month or I'm going to, you know, get that pedicure every couple of weeks or whatever. Um, Little rewards along the way, but look at it from the scope of, of these are things that a president would do, a CEO would do, an owner of a company would do. And that starts getting also to a little more of that mindset of I am running a company and I'm, you know, I'm more than what I was, you know, I'm, um, I've grown yeah. and I've, I've gotten over the wall of survival and I'm, I'm now trying to grow this company and, and there are rewards that matter to you that you yes. care about. I think that's my, like my maybe thing your about grandfather like, had a Rolex or, yeah. and they're like, you know, that to me would be success. That is right. what my vision of success is. If I can just, and, and that could be it. That might you, make somebody you could still be a solopreneur and no. have a Rolex and that's all you wanted. That was your vision of success. And mm-hmm. that is totally fine. Right. Um, but, but yeah, for someone else, out what that is. that's not meaningful. So right. make, make sure your meaningful things really matter to you. Yes. They're not, not just because everybody else. They're does not it. what you think everybody else. Yeah. There's a thinks you ought to be doing. There's a lot of people that I know that get that religious manicure and I right now my nails are a wreck I just and I don't even like manicures so so there you go yeah I'm just like I just I don't know they don't last very long it doesn't seem like a good investment but that's just me you know and other people do other things and that's what makes them yep feel presidential I guess I, I don't know I make really good coffee and I hate painting my nails so you know I think I'm still okay pick, as the COO of the company pick your <laughs> pick your thing and that and the reason I brought that up it kind of plays into what you were saying as far as what your vision of success is you know because mm-hmm. people will tell you what you'll get a lot of other people's opinions oh my god of what your vision <laughs> of success should be right so much <laughs> advice uh, as far as what you should be doing mm-hmm. and we I'm bring we are bringing that up because Um, we have walked down that road. Um, and it, it's a case of where, you know, um, 
you, you, you try it because that's what everybody says you should be doing. Um, but then you come back to be like, you know what, but this doesn't feel right. You know, and I mm-hmm. want to go back to what feels right. And it might not be world domination. You know, it could be just, I want to just be the best, best, best at what I do. I have a small team that helps me or it's just me. And this is, this is success for me. So, you know, we started this as a business vision, you know, just going back to, you know, what is success for you? And even if it's, you've written out all these job descriptions and it's still you, if that's your vision, then you're doing it right. You know, yes. but I'm going to advise you to get some help. Yes. <laughs> even if you outsource it or hiring that first employee so we can get back on track here really quick by talking about that. Yeah. And I think that um, there's lots of ways to get help right? Yes. With, with those things that you're not so good at, or you just don't have time for anymore. Like yes. at some point you have to pick and choose how you'll prioritize your time. And so how can you basically delegate some things over to someone else? And that could be an, an actual employee full-time go mm-hmm, all in. Mm-hmm. It could be a part-time person. It could be a contractor, an intern, somebody who does this work independently that you're you know, maybe you just hire a bookkeeper 10 hours a week to it do could, your books for you. It you could know? be a fellow solopreneur who's it's, trying to start their company. You who's know? also, who's really good at the thing you're mm-hmm. not good at. Maybe you could exchange. Maybe you're good at marketing. You can help them and they're good at bookkeeping and they yes. can help you. Yes. So there's all kinds of ways to get that first, you know, level of help. If you don't feel like you can go all in with a full-time employee, mm-hmm. there's lots of other ways to do it. Yes. And, but not not doing it is makes it really hard on you. <laughs> Absolutely. Because I mean, again, if it's not your favorite thing to do, why do it? Mm-hmm. You know, it, if you don't like, you know, mowing your lawn, and you can afford a service, you know, get it. And and one of the things that uh, a lot of startups will talk about is, you know what, I can't afford it. I mean, just really look at it. Can you afford it? Mm-hmm. I mean, because you'd be surprised you can afford it. Because then now you're spending more time getting more work versus spending your time on doing the bookkeeping or, or things like that. Or if you got somebody who's constantly looking for sales, new sales for you, and you get to do the part that you like, you're not spending time doing that. So it, it's, it's really, it's a little bit of a leap of faith, just a little bit. But if you get the right person, I mean, it, it, starts getting generating more revenue for you it's that like highest and best use of your time yes. like when you look at that org chart you drew out that has your name in every box mm-hmm. what's the highest and best use of your time and also I think both of these things are important what will it cost you to re- replace some of those mm-hmm. things like mm-hmm. maybe administrative work or bookkeeping would not cost you as much when you you know, do some research, figure out what it would cost to hire someone, maybe wouldn't cost you as much as hiring a really good salesperson. Yes. So could you hire somebody to do that and spend twice as much time on sales yourself Mm -hmm. and get more clients? And, you know, the offset is more than worth it, as opposed to maybe the other way around. If you if you first go for the thing that's kind of costly, it might be hard to, um, Oh, you know, it might it might be hard to get the return Mm -hmm, fast enough mm -hmm. to afford it. But if you start with the things that are less costly and that you can spend your time on the more high value tasks, it should, you know, be more easily you could afford. You're making more doing the high value tasks Mm -hmm. so you can pay the person that isn't going to cost you as much. So choose wisely. So choose wisely with (laughs) what you outsource. And I mean, some of it goes just with like what you're really great at or not. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, I remember, and I still talk to people too, like the first big thing is like, oh my God, I 
by hire an employee and then it's really a company, you know, and that I think that is the mental leap that people have a hard time taking. It's not even about four day or anything else. It's like, oh, I have an employee. That's a lot of responsibility. I I now have an, you know, I'm outsourcing my accounting. And so I have, you know, like this has just got real. Right. It (laughs) just got real. And um, the faster you can get to uh, acceptance on that, the better off you'll be. We did the, you know, exact same thing. We're like, oh my God, I hope I get paid for this person. Um, But But you can dip your toe in it for sure. We started with interns and part-time people. Mm -hmm. And they were all fabulous and we still use interns and part-time yes, people like yes. we have just added on to that mm-hmm. but those are still options that we tap into but that's where we started that was where we were comfortable and yeah and and again talking about some of these startups that maybe plug into that they could definitely be fairly reasonable mm-hmm. for you um one thing that we did too is we hired um stay-at-home moms because they wanted some flexibility and we didn't necessarily want a full-time employee so we just paid them hourly to do things that they were great at they wanted to mm-hmm. still stay in the game um, as far as a career, but also have the freedom to take care of their children. You know, that's a perfect combination for a startup. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely look into that too. It's like, if you can just, you know, do this bookkeeping from home, or you can just, you know, do this marketing, you know, during four hours a day or something that is, uh, that's just let more time for you to do what you do best again. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously what we're, the bell we're ringing here mm-hmm. continuously is to, you know, just kind of, you know, grow beyond just you, you know, and, and really treat mm-hmm. this like it's something that's really, really serious. Another thing that I'm going to mention too, because this kind of came up is, um, and we just talked about it a little bit too, are some of these mental blocks that people have. <laughs> um, and those, you know, if you cannot bust through those yourselves, you might want to think about some therapy. Yeah. <laughs> or because they business, are real. Yeah. A coach, a peer group, yes. like any of those kind of outside resources that can mm-hmm. help say, hey, do you know, you always say this. Right. Or, right. Let me show you this in a different way. I cannot tell you how many people I meet that will say, hi, I'm, it's just me. This is, you know, I started a company. This is just me. It's a small company. It's, you know, they're already not selling to me. And I'm like, I don't, you don't feel very confident in yourself. So why Mm -hmm. would I be confident in you? But if you are meeting somebody that says something more like, hi, I'm the president of a company and here's what we can do for you. Oh my God. Well, that's just completely different. Um, so that's why it's, it's really quick to get and get into this mindset of, you know, if it's uh, the pen or the shoes or whatever to get you to where you need to be as far as the, the president or CEO of your company. Um, it's a, it's a big game changer. Yeah. And I just thought of one other way. And it's hard. I just thought of one other way to think about like that first employee or what you mm-hmm. can outsource. I think it's also like, what is not core to your business? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, I mean, this is how the big corporations yes, yes, operate, yes. right? Yep. Like they make whatever they make or they sell wherever they sell. Those are their employees. A lot of the other stuff is outsourced. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not an HR company, outsource your HR. If you're not a marketing company, hire somebody to do marketing. Mm-hmm. If you're not a, you know, bookkeeping company, hire somebody to do your financials and just focus you and your team as you grow it on the thing you do. Yes. Like we do recruiting so most of our team are people around gaining clients mm-hmm. and doing recruiting. And then we outsource a lot of the other, you know, functions. We have some administrative HR mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. we're also a company. We're also an HR company. Right. So we do have that. But um, that's another way to think about it. when mm-hmm. you're thinking like. We're trying like to make that, these choices we were talking about. Yeah, that best use <laughs> of your time. Well, if you're an attorney, is the best use of your time doing marketing? Probably not. It's probably being an attorney Mm -hmm. or getting more clients for the attorneys on your team. So you could 
find someone who's really good at marketing. Mm -hmm. That's that's not core to what you sell. Yes. 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 Your clients are hiring you and your legal team. They're not hiring you for your marketing. Exactly. Or for the, you know, top skills of your bookkeeper. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So think about like, what are, what are my clients really hiring me for? Yes. And what is just what I need to run my business? Yes. Like those are two separate mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, kind of while we're going through this too, um, and actually just briefly, when you are ready to hire somebody, definitely speak to professional, make sure you get that all straightened yeah. out. Yes. Um, <laughs> the one thing I always tell people too, when it comes to um, envisioning their business as well, is start early having relationships with bankers. Um, because you never know when you're going to need them and more than one and you know meet as many as you possibly can and usually the the easiest way to do it is go to events they're always there mm-hmm. introduce yourself you know give them a card get their card and just say you know what I um, am starting a business or my business is in growth mode and I'm just trying to get you know build some relationships with some bankers um, I preach this always I mean ever since we started you know talking to bankers and things like that and then um uh, people suddenly started needing PPP loans, you know, a surprise. And if you didn't have a relationship with a banker, it was much more challenging to try to get those funds. We had a great relationship, have a great relationship. And they were like, we know you, we know what you need. Here's how we're going to help. And that shortened a conversation could be a game changer for your business. So even if you don't need somebody, um, start talking to people or get a, if you are, your money is somewhere with a, a bank, get a person that you can talk to that will take your call if something happens. Yeah. And I think the frustration I always hear from people, especially, you know, starting their businesses, like, well, you know, the banks don't want to give me any money. It's like, no, actually, you're right. They don't. Mm-hmm. When when you start, it is really hard because like they want to work with you once you have some money. Yes. Once, <laughs> but yeah, once some success you, is being, you will shown, get there. Yes. And if you do everything you were just saying, if you're doing all that all the way along, you'll already have relationships. Yes. You'll already have the people yep. you know you want to talk to, and you'll know who you want to work with. When mm-hmm. when you now have money and are in the position of choosing a bank, you'll know which one you want. Absolutely. So, you know, don't I guess don't get discouraged by in the beginning they're not that interested in you mm-hmm. yeah that's okay it'll come with time mm-hmm. but you'll build those relationships and the the ones that those bankers see something in you mm-hmm. when you're ready they'll be there for you yes. and they'll really be your champion yes yes and that is is really really key and you know um like i said we you know did a lot at the especially at the beginning needed to jump through a bunch of different hoops you know we did factoring for a while for our invoices you can look that up yourself on how that works pick a good one that's all i'm gonna say we did we by, did by chance <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah money can be an important thing based on you know when your clients pay you know when what you're requesting as far as you know your bill payment going and things like that and you could run into and we did um, a few little snags along the way that, you know, having a relationship with a banker or a factoring company really saved the day. So um, if you are, again, starting a business, at least start thinking about that, too. Yep. Um, and I, th- I think it, uh, the best way to kind of conclude this is, you know, really, since we're talking about vision in a business is, you know, creating a vision board or something that keeps you kind of accountable on your goals because you can get so wrapped up in the day to day that you kind of forget what your goals are or what your vision is for your, your life and not just your business, but your life. And, you know, we've had vision boards and I will fully admit, I thought they were stupid. (laughs) Until you made us all make one. What 
Well, that's because I had a revelation. Um, I'm like, what sort of crazy crafting idea is this? And I don't have time for it. It is definitely worth it. And it's because I was forced to do it. Somebody forced me to do it. And I looked at it and, you know, by God, if it didn't work. And um, if you are not that person, I'm going to encourage you to try and be. But this is really just about accountability. And it could be, you know, perhaps a mentor that you're working with, a fellow business owner that you're always talking about this goal that you might have. And it could be personal or it could be business-wise, but somebody to kind of hold you accountable and to remind you that that is what you're working towards. Because if you're not working towards anything, why are you working at all, I guess, in a way? So is it, are you working to build a better life for yourself? Well, what does that look like? Are you trying to, you know, save for your child's college education? You know, well, what does that look like? You know, find a picture of it. Find, um, write the words down if you're more of a word person. Tell it to somebody else. Start talking to some people about how that could actually happen. Um, but it's really about capturing that vision because, you know, like I said, we've been in it. And you can spend a lot of time in it rather than on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're trying to get, you know, people on it as fast as they can, especially after that first year to think about, okay, this is working. What's what's next? What do I see for myself? Is it something, you know, is it finally taking a vacation? That was a hard one for me to do too, because by God, you got to be working every day because that's what the, you know, that's what you do as the owner. Um, but you know what, um, put out, I started putting up some visions of places I'd like to go and I got there, you know, it was crazy how it worked, you know, or I held people, you know, I told other people that's what I wanted to do. And they're like, so how's the plans going for that? And you can't keep going back and saying, uh, I haven't done <laughs> right now you so, just say now COVID. It's just embarrassing but yeah COVID <laughs> exactly but in the future times yeah I totally agree I mean I'm a pretty visual person so I do like having like I have things hanging on my wall in my mm-hmm. little home office where I'm usually am working um but you know if you're a visual person that's great you can literally craft up a physical board mm-hmm. there's online vision board you can do Pinterest like whatever mm-hmm. whatever works for you you can make your own little private Instagram channel with pictures you like like whatever um I know people who just like have five things written out on a list hanging on their wall, yeah. you know, like make it your desktop on words. your computer. If you want to see something every day, yeah, it's like, think, Oh, there's that picture of Italy again. I want to get there yeah. or Napa Valley. Um, yeah. And I'm going to get there someday. Like you said, if you're more of a words person, maybe you have five sentences, like whatever it is. But I think, um, taking the time to think about the future vision and then capturing it somewhere. So you are, rethinking about it mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. periodically yeah. because you start to really get into the weeds and then all of a sudden you look up and you're like it's five years later yeah five years later <laughs> and maybe you built what you wanted and maybe you didn't mm-hmm. so you want to make sure you are yeah or <laughs> like I said that, that vision just kind of falls to the the back seat and you just never kind of never get to because you're always on you know what's happening today you're just doing you're just doing and so kind of capturing that you know what that that lifestyle, that vision for your company, that vision for your employees. I mean, that's important too. Um, just as a constant reminder, some, uh, some form of accountability is, is really, really key to help with the growth and the sustainability of your company. So don't think, even if you're like, I just want to keep doing what I'm doing, you know, it, it doesn't get, it, is it sustainable? You know, if you just mm-hmm. keep doing what you're doing without any sort of vision of what you'd like to get from this. I mean, here's hoping that it's something. Otherwise... It's kind of boring. Yeah. Or, <laughs> I mean, everyone has some end game, right? Yes, it might yes. be, it I be want, retirement. Right. I mean, I want to keep doing what I'm doing for 10 more years. Mm-hmm. Great. That's your vision. Yep. <laughs> yep. Find some pictures of that. Just go yep. online, look through the images or, you know, 
do it old school and you know try and find some antique magazines right <laughs> because and, and those then are so rare what? anymore like when you hit that 10 years and you get to yeah. retire what does what that, does that look, look like, like? Exactly. exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. we're now we're just, we're finishing other sentences as exactly because we spend so much time <laughs> together so i think that everyone has some end goal end goal yes you just have to figure out what it is yes and and really kind of keep that eye on the prize and you you'll be amazed on how quickly you can get to it um yeah we are more than happy to talk to just about anybody about this topic and maybe we'll this is something a little bit out of our scope we usually talk about hiring and um and, you know, people finding right talent. But, you know, we get this question asked a lot. So we thought for episode 101, we would do a little bit of business vision 101. And, you know, maybe if this is well received, we'll, we'll do some more. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us at Illumination Bureau. And we hope you have gained something by listening today. Illumination Bureau was brought to you by Portfolio Creative. You can find out more about Portfolio Creative at PortfolioCreative.com. If you have a topic that you want to hear about, don't hesitate to email us at questions at PortfolioCreative.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate and review it, or share it with a friend.